You are listening to the Ortho Idea Podcast, where we bring you the newest trends in orthopedic technology. Tune in for engaging interviews with medical device executives, surgeons, and surprise special guests discussing new disruptive technology in the marketplace. Here is your host, Eric Anderson. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Ortho Idea Podcast. My name is Eric Anderson, and I will be your host today. And today we have on Hank Balsh, which if you tuned into LinkedIn at all or on social media, you'll find Hank posting about sterile processing amongst several other things. If you were to go out and look at Hank's LinkedIn profile, you'll see the first thing. He's the weapon of mass microbial destruction. (laughs) Not to mention he is a founder and president of Beyond Clean, a serial entrepreneur in healthcare media, author of an Amazon new release book, and several other things that he is going to talk to us about today on the podcast. So without further ado, Hank, how are you today? I'm doing great, Eric, and thank you for the opportunity to be on the other side of the podcast mic for once. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on because obviously I follow you on LinkedIn, love your content, what you're doing. We are so intertwined in kind of what ortho idea and different, obviously, surgical devices and medical devices and products that enter into the OR. And the only way they can enter into the OR with some instruments is to work hand in hand with sterile processing. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on today. That's right. Yeah, we kind of use the phrase and we got different phrases, you know, but one of the phrases like surgery starts here in terms of sterile (laughs) processing. And there's a lot of different aspects, I think, that you can kind of track it back and say, well, yeah, but without the medical device rep, you know, sterile processing doesn't have anything to do, right? But that's definitely, that is a point of no return because if an issue doesn't get caught there or a tray doesn't go through there the proper way, that's the point to where it's a go or no go, you know, for the surgical procedure. So yeah, definitely a critical aspect of that entire surgical workflow. Oh, it most definitely is. And obviously you are very passionate about this and a thought leader in this space. Can you tell us how you got started and you know, where the origin of Beyond Clean and everything you're doing now? Sure. I began sterile processing as a job to get me through grad school in Kentucky and had no intention of going into healthcare or doing this long term and began working in the evenings as a sterile processing tech. And I took the job because at that point, you didn't have to have any experience, prior experience. You didn't need any credentials, certifications. And I got into it. And around the same time that I realized I didn't want to go to law school anymore. It was about four or five years. And at that point, I had the opportunity to take a manager role over one of those departments there in Kentucky. And that was really an important pivot for me because I realized, hey, I like this job, I like this career. There's a lot of opportunity for improvement. And as I began looking around, trying to learn more about department leadership, about what are those major industry challenges out there, there wasn't a lot online in terms of resources to learn from and to engage with and to talk to folks. And this is probably, again, back in 2013, 2014. Outside of, we've got a couple of certification organizations out there. And of course, there's some guideline bodies like the Amy Group and the ARNs of the world. But in terms of just popularized content, honest, transparent kind of networking. It just wasn't there. So I decided I liked to write. I'm a fairly good writer, I think. And I began writing on LinkedIn, actually. And I began publishing 
once a week, every other week, a different article about just what I was thinking about in the sterile processing world, the challenges we were overcoming, the questions that I still didn't have answers to, that I wanted answers to. And it blew up. And I was kind of thrust into the forefront of the social media conversation for sterile processing, which back then was still kind of an embryonic form. And from there, fast forward to what I'm doing now, what Beyond Clean is and everything, I ended up winning a couple of awards for our departments. My department, Louisville, Kentucky, was the Healthcare Purchasing News Department of the Year in 2016. I was nominated for the president of our national trade organization. And that summer, I actually lost that election. And I was wondering like, oh man, what am I going to do with my life? And my co-founder, who I didn't know at the time, actually messaged me on LinkedIn. His name's Justin Poulin. And he said, hey, Hank, I'm in the industry. I've been following you for a little while and seeing your content. And I come from a podcasting background. Would you be interested in ever doing a podcast about sterile processing? And I said, well, I have thought about it before. It seems like a lot of work. I don't want to do it by myself, but let's talk about it. We ended up launching the industry's first weekly sterile processing podcast in 2017. It went crazy like wildfire. And here we are about five years later, three quarter of a million downloads. We're going to hit a million downloads on the show probably by August, which is our our five-year anniversary. And out of that, we've spun off a couple of other healthcare brands that we can talk about here later. But that's a short story. Well, thank you for the going through your journey. It's exciting. So a soon-to-be lawyer to a podcast guru. I laugh because I have several guests on and you kind of talk to people about what their career paths were or <laughs> what they were doing. And you kind of go, that's interesting. Well, I'm very glad you're doing... Well, I don't want to give you my opinion on lawyers. So I'm, I'm very glad you're doing this. How about that? That's what I'll say about <laughs> I appreciate that. appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so the podcast is going great. And you said you kind of spun off some different things. If you can talk about Beyond Clean, the audience would love to hear about that. Yeah. So Beyond Clean was really a response to the industry, like I think any good business is. And we looked around and we said, you know, there are a lot of conversations that are just not being had and there's no platform to have them. There was one, if you were going to speak or educate in the industry, there's really one conference in the industry that you could do that at. And outside of that, there wasn't any neutral platform for multiple different opinions to come and speak and educate. And nobody in our whole industry was doing social media well at all. And I'm talking like, no offense to the big companies out there, but I mean, big multinationals all the way down to the brand new like startups, just everyone sucked at social media and they didn't see the true value of investing in and engaging with this massive audience of sterile processing users and decision makers in the space. And so when we launched Beyond Clean, it started again as this podcast and from that podcast audience, we created this social media brand and platform that gave people finally a place to come and hear all kinds of different perspectives. There wasn't the gatekeepers that you kind of saw around the industry that you had to do certain things or be connected to certain people or organizations to speak and educate. Like we broke all that down and said, come. And if you've got something interesting to say, we're going to let you say it. We're going to give you a platform on the podcast. We'll let you do webinars, let you speak at the virtual conferences that we host. And again, it, it has been such a revolutionary 
impact, I think, you know, to the industry just looking at it. Because if you look five years ago when we started, there was one podcast in sterile processing and it was us. If you fast forward to today, there's probably 15 or more podcasts about sterile processing, which is a little crazy to think about. And there's all kinds of virtual content and social media content coming out. So what Beyond Clean does now, we still have the platform. We still do all the education. we got a weekly podcast. But we also partner with and consult with all of these manufacturers and vendors who are selling into sterile processing and educate them how to do social media, why to do social media, how to leverage education to build an audience for your brand. That's a lot of my day-to-day now is just working with those folks. Well, thank you. And you touched upon something that I harp on quite a bit on LinkedIn and with several of my people in my... You're a troublemaker. (laughs) Yeah, I try. Well, that or I foster conversation. How about that? Okay. That's Um, a nice way to say it. Or or foster dialogue, I think is what I said (laughs) the other day. But why in the world do you think that these large companies don't get marketing or social media marketing. I'm dumbfounded by it. I mean, I made this joke the other day and and I'm serious. I think they would still like to put a DVD in an envelope and send it to somebody and say, here we are. You know, this is what we do. I'm dumbfounded. So I'd love to get your opinion on why you think they still, in my opinion, don't embrace it. They suck at it. And just like, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you caught my attention here recently with your post about the expo booths and the ungodly amount Mm -hmm. of money that are spent on those booths and the very limited, if any, measurable ROI for that investment. And it struck a chord for me because we've been having that conversation, as I said, over the last five years in trying to communicate to these marketing teams and to these companies that, hey, if you're marketing, if you're spending dollars, you should be able to point to something and say, hey, this is what our dollars got you. Now, within reason, because there's also something I don't want to get sidetracked here, you know, but folks ask me often, they're like, hey, how many people listen to your podcast? Or how many people are going right. to listen to my podcast? And I say, you know, that's a good question. But the question that I'll ask back to you is kind of a more creative value question. And it goes to like creating your company logo, right? And I ask, well, how many people are going to see your logo? Well, you don't know, but you know that you want a freaking awesome logo, right? Because it's integral to your brand. Well, content and, you know, social media engagement is integral to your brand and you should treat it and approach it similar to how you do with your logo, invest in it, time and creativity, cultivate it, and it will be the face of your brand. And the challenge around, I think, like to get to your question in particular of where's the breakdown is traditionally a lot of these marketing folks have viewed and only had the opportunity to reach customers in person. It's been in a hospital, one-on-one calling situation, calling on them, or in these vendor booth scenarios at these expos. And if COVID has shown us anything, like COVID was horrible for the whole world. But it ended up being a tremendous confirmation for our brand because we had been sitting around there for three years prior saying, hey, get on social, talk to your customers, build a digital network, not outside of these real life relationships and conversations, but parallel to. And wouldn't you know, when the whole world shut down and you couldn't talk directly to your customers, couldn't even go in the hospital, then everyone's 
running around with their hair on fire. Like, oh my gosh, how do we reach our people? How do we talk to people? How do we continue selling? <laughs> We're sitting here thinking like, well, we've been telling you for three years what you needed to do. And right, now right. you're like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah, we should have done that. Because by the time you need it, it's too late to build a massive network. You want to be building that now, day by day by day, so that when you do have that new widget to sell or the new innovation to sell, you've already got everybody's attention, not, oh, now I'm ready to launch. And you got two followers on your corporate Facebook page. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> right. the place to be in. Right, right. Well, it's, you know, you know, Matthew Ray Scott, who does quite a bit on LinkedIn and work with him on some things. And he always says, you know, when somebody asks a question, well, how many podcast listeners am I getting? He goes, well, what's the ROI of your mother? You know, <laughs> how do you measure that? And I think that's brilliant <laughs> to say it like that because obviously it's your mother, but, you know, the ROI of your mother, I always kind of say that back to people. But, you know, it's, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And I totally agree with you. When COVID, I mean, it was shifting, but when COVID came and everything just went to nothing, there was mad scrambles and there was all this digital, you know, but still the company, what's so funny is all these companies, they decided to engage with their sales force. And they still didn't realize that they needed to engage with their surgeon customers and the patients. They still didn't do that. Hmm. And again, I just scratched my head because I think as we move forward, and again, this could be a whole other podcast, but hmm. I think as we move forward organically, you know, these large companies, the way they've grown their market share is they've bought the competition or they've bought a new technology and they've grown it that way. They haven't organically grown customers through marketing channels. They've just bought share. And I don't think that that philosophy is going to work moving forward. Again, that's a whole other podcast in itself in the business world. But I appreciate what you're doing because I had that same light bulb went on for me a few years back where I was like, how are these guys not taking advantage of this medium? And they still aren't, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it's a mental breakdown oftentimes in viewing social as like these digital icons and profiles, and there's not real people behind them, right? So it's just all numbers. And if you view it like that, you can miss who is on the other end of that LinkedIn post or on that podcast. And especially when you're talking about doctors and reps, this next generation that's coming through out of med school or at a medical sales college, like those guys and gals are all over social media. Like they are natives, you know, digital natives, I guess is what they're called. And to be treating them the same way that you would treat the 60 year old doc is just crazy. But yeah. we keep doing it. <laughs> of the 60 year old doc, and this is applicable for the sterile processing space. Like if you look at our demographics, we have a number of older technicians. But if you've ever been to Facebook, Old people are all over Facebook, right? Like my grandma is all over Facebook, posting all kinds of stuff, like looking at grandchildren and everything else. And if you can reach them and they will consume industry content on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, they will do it on their off hours. I just posted a post the other day about like 94% of People listen to podcasts as they're doing something else, right? Mm -hmm. What is that something else? They're driving, they're at the gym, they're taking a walk around the neighborhood. Like those are times when a typical salesperson is not in front of them. Like you're not sure. going to stroll 
like around the park with your surgeon, right? But you could be having a conversation with them through a great engaging podcast 24-7, and not just with them, but with 200 to 300 other doctors at the same time. Like that's the magnitude that folks just miss. Yeah, yeah. I keep saying to myself every day, I'm going, well, I think that they're going to start to get it. And I've been saying this now for years now, and it's still the same. So, but that's all right. You know, I guess that's why we can come in and show them the light. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, some of them are getting it. As I mentioned, like we are, I view ourselves as kind of pioneers. Like when I say us, like, I mean, like folks like you and me and the Matthews of the world, and like everybody else out there that's trying to have this media conversation. We are carving out of the wilderness, this trail, and it's, you know, hacking away. It's building and sweating. It's blood, sweat and tears, you know, and behind us eventually is going to be this highway that folks are going to be able to drive down and not even think about all the work that went into building these podcasts or building these platforms. But yeah, let's not kid ourselves. This is a lot of hard work and it's a lot of banging your head against the wall because people, it's almost, it's the idea that hasn't quite had its time yet, but we know it's the right idea. And so we're continuing to push until we reach that Malcolm Gladwell tipping point. And I think we're close, honestly. Like, I think we're really, really close to where all that ROI is starting to come. COVID woke a lot of people up on the marketing side and these budgets got squeezed exponentially. So now you're having to ask more of these ROI questions than you ever were before. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I I think as our industry changes and margins shrink because they will. It's just kind of how it goes in this world as far as product you know, pricing goes and things of that nature. There's going to be a much more of a demand of ROI of where, why are we spending these dollars? Where are we spending these dollars? You know, and obviously, you know, what are we getting for it? And I agree with you. I do see the companies, the lights are going on. And I think the ones that do it, well, or they need to engage today, but they should have engaged years ago doing this. I think those would be the ones that ultimately be the ones that come out on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So obviously your tribe of Beyond Clean and your network and you know the brand that you have built, where do you see it going from here? What does this look like in you know the years to come? Yeah. So that branding piece, like you called us the tribe, you know, what we call ourselves is the clean freaks. Yeah, I love it. And that's the audience that's the audience that engages on this topic. And that branding dynamic is so important. Even like a lot of the branding focus for these companies has been like, how do we brand our company, the website, you know, the leave behind materials, marketing materials, but carrying that branding over to social media and then pivoting yet to fit social media. Cause you can't going back to like the 2013s and 2014s, what we saw in the space was If there were companies that were active, all they were doing was taking their marketing, like the marketing slick and brochure, and then copying and pasting it directly into LinkedIn or Facebook. And they're like, hey, why aren't all these people liking my marketing brochure or, you know, sharing my marketing brochure? (laughs) Well, dummy. The reason why they threw it away when you (laughs) dropped it off the other day. (laughs) For the exact same reason, right? That's not how social works. That's not why people are active on it. And those are not the kind of posts that they engage with. And so you got to get smarter. So where are we going? We are trying our darndest to 
continue engaging all the users out there. So like if you look at Beyond Clean, we got a two-pronged model. We want to reach as many clinical users as we can, pull them into the conversation, pull them into the education, give them value every time they see a post on our page, they come to a conference. We're not asking them to do anything except for pay attention, which is a big ask. Like you're asking somebody to stop scrolling and read a post or to mm-hmm. click into a link. Like that is a big ask. However, in doing that, there's that exchange of value and kind of the model that we follow is the Gary V model. And he talks about 51%. We want to give more to our audience and what we're asking from them or taking from them. And then to that, we are creatively engaging with and communicating to all of these vendor partners out there to connect this growing clinical audience with a vendor family that is smarter about and engaged with our vision for social media content and education. And we do that through a number of things that I said, like outside the podcast, we've got very active social media pages. We've got an active email list. We've got these virtual conferences that we're hosting each month that are global conferences, 20 or so different countries tuning in. And we launched a micro-credential last year mm-hmm. that is helping to drive this sterile processing type of education all around the clinical setting. So like anybody in the perioperative space can take that micro-credential, including representatives who are interested in learning more about cross-contamination. And then out of that, a lot of what we do are trying to break down those kind of sacred cows or the barriers out there for how things have been done in the past. And we're just constantly looking for what's that next thing that people are taking for granted and let's break it. And I'll give you two examples of that real quick. I published a book, like you mentioned that I was on Amazon. I published a book last December that was a sterile processing word puzzle book, random, almost as random as a sterile processing podcast, <laughs> but it's just this word puzzle book, like crossword kind of thing, not crossword, like more like word finds, cryptograms kind of thing. And what we did with the book, that was the first book ever in the industry like that. But we also got the content approved for continuing education credits for all our technicians. So you can get the book, you do the word puzzle, you can learn about the vocabulary words in the industry, and you can get that CE content, right? So like that was one creative breakdown. Now, what we also did in the book is we put QR codes tagged to each of these puzzles that were pulled from our previous podcast. And so folks could be doing the puzzle scan the QR code and listen to the podcast, crazy multimedia kind of things like that, right? So that's just one example of the hundred things we're trying to do in the space. The second example, and I mentioned this to you last week, we are trying to break this model for the virtual vendor expos because a lot of the feedback that we've gotten from our vendor partners and attendees is, hey, they took this broken in-person expo model and they just carry that brokenness over to the digital space. And it's just as challenging and crappy in the virtual vendor expo than it was live. It's just more boring because you don't actually get to see people. So what we did in 2020 is we launched what we call XPX. It's a social media driven expo. And to explain it real quick, Instead of asking people to go off of social media to this website and go into these virtual booths or whatever, we keep them on social media. We keep you on your newsfeed. 
on LinkedIn and Facebook. We bring the vendor content directly to your Facebook feed, to your news feed on LinkedIn. If you follow the Beyond Clean page, and we have yep. a week that we're just bringing vendor content, new products, the new solutions, new partnerships. Every vendor has its own hour, and we do some video productions and stuff a part of that. But it's completely novel and new idea, I think, in most of healthcare, if not all of healthcare, but definitely breaking down the barriers here in sterile processing. So, yeah, that's what the future looks like for us, man. <laughs> Boy, that's exciting. That is really cool. Yeah. You kind of hit on some things with this virtual, you know, product things because obviously this podcast with Ortho Ideas. So, you know, I don't know if you've seen me, some of my goofy videos that I've done where I'm throwing frames off things and, you know, <laughs> catching charts and, yeah, I know exactly where you're going and I love it. I think it's a great idea and I applaud you because what you're doing is groundbreaking. So that's fantastic. Awesome. I appreciate your support, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, I want to thank you, Hank, for coming on today and sharing your journey and also, you know, about Beyond Clean and talk about your clean freaks, all your <laughs> your tribe and all the things that you're doing because I think you're obviously changing healthcare and, and changing the way things, way it's perceived. That's great. So again, thank you for your time for coming on the Ortho Idea podcast. I really appreciate it. And we'll look forward to having you come on soon again in the near future. All right. Sounds like a deal, Eric. Thanks. Thanks, Hank. Appreciate your time. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Ortho Idea podcast. If you would like to learn more about the technologies discussed, please visit www.orthoidea.com.